Well, it was certainly an early morning start for every single one of them. It was one of those days where nobody slept in because everybody knew what was on the line. You see, there's an entire community of people, an entire city of people, an entire nation of people that were up and ready. Battle gear was prepared. Preparations had been made. Families were ready. It had been a night where everybody thought very heavily with contemplation of what was on the line, where they realized that the last time spent could have very well been the last time that they were going to spend because they knew what was on the line. As the sun came up that morning, they felt it. They felt it for themselves. They felt it for their families. They felt it for their nation. They felt it for the generations that had gone before them. There was a whole lot on the line. And this day, for these people, it was a brand new start. It was a brand new day. They were on the border, the border, that very fine, fine line between what God has ahead for you and everything that's been behind you. You know, the rear view mirror, where you can see everything out of the windshield that's in front of you, but still in the rear view mirror, you can see what was back behind you. And that's where these people were. They were headed into a very special place called the promised land. It's called the promised land because it's the land that God promised to them. So real creative name, right? It's the promised land. It's what God had for them. And on this day, it is what is coming next. It's on this really fine line that they had to ask themselves, do I trust God? Because on the side of the line that they stood on that morning before they crossed over was everything that they had known for the last 40 years. And in that last 40 years, as they had wandered and they had journeyed, it had been a long process. And it had been a long process that got them up to this point. But you see, this wasn't the first time they stood on a line, on a border of a new day. Because 40 years ago, their parents' generation did the same thing. You see, the Israelites, God's people, had been set free from decades, from generations of being enslaved and in bondage. And God sends freedom to them. And then one day they're able to get up and walk away from all of that bondage onto their destination, which was the promised land. But because of indecision and poor choices, their journey had now taken 40 years of wandering through the wilderness. I mean, picture out there in the hill country, if you will, you know, where there's just trees and hills and they were just lost. For 40 years looking for their destination. So as they find themselves at the border once again. Looking into the destination that they know that God has had for them. For the last 40 years. They realize there's a lot on the line. They realize we've, we've finally made it. And we've got another opportunity. A brand new day. A fresh start. To be able to cross the line into what God has for us. You see back in the year about 1400 B.C. or so, give or take a few years. These people had been enslaved. They were dominated at that time by the most powerful empire in the entire world, Egypt. And God had raised a leader named Moses. He's an unlikely leader 
Uh, he's not necessarily what you would look at and go, man, that guy's going to be a great leader. But God chose him to be the leader. He's a murderer. He had low self-confidence. He's a shepherd who's out in the fields and one day has a burning bush experience, if you're familiar with that story. And, the, and God shows up to him and he says, in spite of all that you've done, in spite of what you lack, you are going to set my people free. So Moses is the guy. He goes toe-to-toe with the, the big dog ruler of the world at that time, Pharaoh. And if you're familiar with the story, God sends plagues. And then God splits the Red Sea. And he brings freedom to his people as they're able to cross out of the first border on the way to their second border, which is the land that God says, I have for you, the promised land. Now, the Bible tells us this is a land flowing with milk and honey. And I remember being a kid and hearing this is a land flowing with milk and honey. And I like milk on my cereal and I like some honey on a biscuit, you know, when it's warm and it gets all down there in the little crumbs with the butter. I know it's so good, right? I like milk and I like honey, but the idea of a land that's got like streams of milk and honey, you know, I always thought, oh, that's, that's kind of weird, right? I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to dip the biscuit in the honey that's been flowing down through the pasture, right? Or, or drink that milk. But to these people, they understood exactly what that meant. God is saying, I'm giving you the very best. They were agricultural people who understood a land that flowed with milk and a land that flowed with honey meant God's abundance and God's provision. And God says, I have that promised land for you. I have a destiny and I have a purpose for you because you are my people. So he says, I've got this place for you. It's yours. Go and get it. And after 40 years, they've been searching and searching. And now, after that sleepless night, these people, now led by a man named Joshua, stand at that border and look at the promised land that they are about to cross into. It's not going to be easy, but they realize everything that God has promised is laying right there before us. Let's look at Joshua chapter 1, verse 10 and 11. Joshua then commanded the officers of Israel... Go through the camp and tell the people to get their provisions ready. In three days, you will cross the Jordan River and take possession of the land that the Lord is giving you. Now, for the last 40 years, God has been faithful. Even though his people have been wandering through the hill country for the last 40 years, trying to find their way, God protected them every step of the way. God provided for them. God fed them. God has been good to his people in the journey that has got them to this point. Now let me shift gears a little bit here, Rock Hills. God has been good to Rock Hills. God has provided for Rock Hills. God has sent amazing people to Rock Hills. There have been people who have begun a relationship with the Lord right here in this room. There have been people who surrendered their lives to the Lord. There's been people whose marriages were healed. There's been people who have found out the worst news in their life. They've got cancer. Things are going on with their family. And they're able to get together with other people in the church and see God move in miraculous and comforting ways right here in this place. And God has been good to this church for the last season. It hasn't been 40 years, but it's been a season. But today, we find ourselves at another border where we can look in the rearview mirror and say, 
Thank you, Lord. You have been good to us. And we can also look ahead and say, God, we want everything that you want for this church. Because you see, we're not just gathered here so we can have something to do on Sunday morning, on a cold Sunday morning. You could be at home in bed right now under the covers. Some of you are elbowing your spouse saying, see, I told you we could just stay home. We don't gather here just to gather. We gather because God wants to do something in this church and through this church for our generation and for our city. It's a new chapter. It's a fresh start for our church. So now these people of God find themselves at this border of life to the place where God is calling them to go, but inside they've got to be a little bit unsure. Is this really what we want to do? You know, we've been all right hiking through the hill country for the last 40 years. God fed us. He provided for us. Have you ever been there where you say, I feel like God is calling me into this new season, but I'm a little bit scared to cross over that line because I don't know what it means. I know I've been there in this last year just saying, God, I trust you with whatever that means. And maybe you find yourself in that place from time to time as well where you know God is is pulling on your heart, but it's going to take a step of faith for you to trust Him and take that next step in the start. So here they are. They're at this place. They're at an edge. They're at a border. And what's beyond is unknown, but it's time for a new chapter and a fresh start. So here in a little bit, we're going to pray and uh, we're going to have the elders come forward and they're going to pray for me as the pastor of Rock Hill. So you may be saying, so what exactly does that mean? What is it that you want to do, Pastor Adam? I want to tell it to you very simply, all right? If I could sum it up in one phrase, what I want to do for you as an individual and what I want to do for us as a church, those of you who are gathered here today and the twice as many of you that are supposed to be here that God is bringing to our church, all right? Here's what I want to do. Here is my vision and my plan for Rock Hills Church and for you. I want to take you from here to there. That's it, all right? I know it's brilliant. You can go ahead and write it down. You can have that printed on a plaque if you want and hang it in your living room. I want to take you from here where you are right now. And for all of you, that may be different. You may have been walking with God for years in your life, or you may be trying to figure this whole thing out and you don't know if you believe it or not, or you may be struggling and you're getting up again after you've fallen off the wagon over and over and over. I don't know where you're at, but wherever you're at, it's here. And I want to take you to here. To this place where God wants you to be. I want God's very best for your life as a person. I want God's very best for us as a community, as a church in our city. I want to see God's very best in the city of San Antonio and in this generation. I want to take you from here to there. That's my plan. That's what I desire. And that's what Joshua was doing on this day. On this particular morning, they get nine sentences. That's it. I reduce it down to one. I only give, give you one. But Joshua gets nine, and that's really all that they needed. We're going to begin in Joshua chapter 1, verse 1, preceding the, the passage we read just a second ago. Here's what leads up to that. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, 
And he said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land that I am giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set your foot, you will be on the land that I have given you. From the Negev wilderness in the south of, uh, to Lebanon mountains in the north. From the Euphrates River on the east to the Mediterranean Sea on the west, including all the land of the Hittites. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail or abandon you. Verse 6, be strong and courageous. For you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land that I swore to their ancestors that I would give to them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so that you will be sure uh, to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do. This is my command. Again, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That's their nine verses. That's all they get. Forty years circling in this wilderness, seeking what God had for them. And here's nine verses to send them across the border and on their way to take the people of God from here to there, from where they've been to where he is calling them to. Now, here's one thing. As we go back and look at stories in the Bible, the Old Testament, the New Testament, we can be sure of this. God worked in people's lives then. We can see how he worked in people's lives because he still works in our lives in that way today. So if God is wanting to take people then from here to there, you can be sure that God is wanting to take you today, your family, your life, this church from here to there. God hasn't changed. He's still moving in people's lives. So for all of us, Whether you're just beginning your walk with God or you've been walking with God for a long time, uh, whether you're here today or you're one of the people online, we'll wave at the little camera right there and say hi to them. Um, Whether you're new to to Rock Hills um, or you've been coming here for a long time, God wants to take us from here to there. And we want to see God do that. One thing I find interesting about this passage we just read Why does God need to promise us three times that we need to be strong and courageous? Because two times he tells us, I'm not going to leave you. I am going to be right there with you. Now, I don't think God would tell us to be strong and courageous and to remind us heavily, I'm going to be with you. Unless you're going to come to places going from here to there, that you're going to need to be reminded that God is with you, that He is not going to leave you. Now, when we're driving together as a family, and by the way, I've got uh, some of my family here today. I've got my mom and my brother, my niece, my nephew, my sister-in-law, my father-in-law is here with us today. We had family come in this weekend. I've got uh, also some 
old co-workers and friends here today that came up from Corpus, and we're so glad to have all of you guys here. But when I'm driving in the car with my family, okay, it's not so much, it's more like this, right? When I'm driving in the car with my family, if I'm continually turning around and letting my kids know, hey, kids, dad's right here with you. Take a turn. Hey, kids, still right here. Here I am. Hey, kids, I'm still here with you, right up here in the driver's seat. Eventually, my kids are just going to think, cuckoo, cuckoo, dad's lost it, right? They're going to think, dad, you don't need to remind us that you are with us. We see you right there. You know when my kids needed me to remind them that I was right there? It wasn't when we were riding in the car. It's when they were learning to ride their bike. Any of you parents who've been there, you know this process, right? You're holding on to the back of the seat and their shoulder or the handlebars. <laughs> and you're trying to keep up with them as they're pedaling and you're balancing them. And they're getting a little bit better. You're taking a hand off. You're, you're still holding. And all along, you're in constant encouragement mode, right? You're doing good. You're doing good. I'm right here with you. I'm right here with you. And what happens eventually? You're doing good. You're doing good. I'm right here with you. They need to know that I'm right there with them when they can't feel me at the moment, when they can't see me at the moment, to know dad is still right there. I can have confidence and security that he's there even though I can't see him in front of me. If you're walking with God, you're going to hit a place sometime in your life when you're going to go, this isn't what I wanted. This isn't what I signed up for. Do you even care? Maybe you've been there. You're going to hit a place in your life where you're going, what, what am I doing all of this for? And as we move into this new season, from going from here to there, you need to remember God is with you even on those days when you can't feel Him, when you can't see Him, when you're going, I don't understand how all of this is going to turn out. You see, as the Israelites went into the promised land, it was God's promise, but they didn't know what was going to happen. They just knew, I mean, there were big, mighty warriors in the promised land. We'll see just a few chapters later, they have to march around Jericho. They didn't know what was going to happen, but they had to trust that God said, be strong, be courageous. I am with you. I will not leave you. To follow God means that we have to take a step of faith. It may result in us feeling alone at times. We may feel weak at times. We may feel fearful. But it's our opportunity to take a step of faith and say, God, we trust you. Now, can I stand up here and tell you as the pastor of Rock Hills, this next year, 2017, is going to be the most amazing year in the history. We are going to have millions of dollars coming in every week. We're going to have millions of people coming in every week. Now, I can't tell you any of that. I don't know what's on the other side of the border. But I know that God is calling us to take a step of faith and trust Him. That as we seek Him, as we serve others, as we become the hands and feet of Christ, He is going to meet us every step of the way, and that he will not leave us or forsake us. 
God wants to do more through us as a church than we could do on our own, more than we could imagine. He wants to do that through us. He wants to, us to step up to a place of faith where we say, God, I'm going to be available even if it stretches me a little bit. God, I'm going to give even when it feels a little bit more uncomfortable than I can handle because I believe, I'm taking a step of faith that you can do amazing things through this church. I'm going to serve even if it stretches me more than I can handle. God is calling us to something bigger. He's calling us to do more than we could do beyond just maintaining. You see, they maintained for 40 years in the wilderness, and then they had to move beyond maintaining. Rock Hills is at a new chapter. Here's what I want to encourage you to do. To get from here to there, here's three simple things that I want us to do. Number one, I want us to be an invitation culture. In other words, I want you to live your life in a way that's inviting other people to experience what you have experienced. And God will open up the doors for you to be able to say, hey, why don't you come with me on Sunday morning and check this out. I love hearing your stories because that's how many of you got here. Somebody else said, hey, why don't you come check my church out? I want us to be an invitation culture. If we're going to get people from here to there, our lives need to be walking invitations. If we're going to get people from here to there, we need to be a culture of selfless giving. I'm talking about our time, our talent, and our treasure to say, God, whatever I have, whatever I am, it's yours. Would you use it? And we also need to be a culture of serving where we serve others in the community and we serve others right here in Rock Hills. Now for us to stay right here, we're doing all right, but I am going to pull on you a little bit. For us to get from here to there, we need to add some more volunteers. We need to add more people in the band, more people in our tech team, more people on brew crew, setup team, first impressions, base camp, student ministry, our care team, leading rock groups. All of those things take us from here to there. So this may be the year that you say, God, I'm ready to step up and serve however you would lead me to serve. You got that uh, information card when you came in. If you have questions about that, if you want to start serving, sign up on a team, you can fill out that card. You can drop it off at the Connecting Center afterwards, and we would love to get you guys connected. We're going to start our First Steps class again in February, talking about your walk with God and how you can get connected. And if you'd like to lead a life group, uh, a rock group, we will have a training there at that as well. It's a fresh start for all of us. I want to leave you with three simple thoughts for all of us to get from here to there, you personally. Number one, I want you to be led by faith and not feelings. God knows your feelings are going to lead you astray. And you know your feelings will lead you astray because we've all been there in life. The second thing is, I want you to be led by promises and not problems. You see, the Israelites had to trust in God's promises, not the problems that they would face. For us to get from here to there, for you to get from here to there, we have to trust in God's promises and not our problems. And then the last thing, I want you to walk away in 2017 from what has taken you away. What is it in your life that has taken you away from getting to this spot? You see, the Israelites 
had to walk away from their complaining, had to walk away uh, from their lack of trust in God and begin to say, we're going to trust in the Lord. He is going to be there. We can trust in his promises. What is it in your life that you need to walk away from what has taken you away? Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be in your house today. Father, we pray that you would work in our midst, Father, and that you would be the one in your Holy Spirit, Father, as you lead us, as we walk by faith and trust in you, that you would take us all as individuals, as families, and as a church from here to there. Father, that you would put that promised land before us. Now, there may be some of you today that you just say, I need to begin to wa- begin that walk with Christ because I know I've been living by my own rules. If that's you today, I encourage you just take a moment. You don't have to have all the right words. You just simply say, God, I want to trust in you. And if that's you today, I'm going to pray that prayer and I welcome you just to pray along with me. Dear Heavenly Father, forgive me for living by my own set of rules. Thank you for sending Jesus that I could be forgiven and I could follow after you. Lord, I thank you that you have a promised land, a purpose and a plan for my life that is before me. And I'm forgiven, I'm a new creation, and it's a new season. God, would you give us all a fresh start today? In Jesus' name, amen.